Coming up, I'm going to show you how to cut through the clutter of communication chaos and show you three powerful beliefs you must have if you want to make connecting with the people in your life easier, more effective, and maybe just a little less crazy. I'm Ramel Anakin. Welcome to the Ramel Anakin Show. Maestro, let's get it started. Yes, welcome to the Ramel Anakin Show. I am your host, Ramel Anakin. This is the fastest growing show on relationships, communication, and people skills on the interwebs. No, I have zero data to back that up, but man, it sounds good to say that. <laughs> it sounds good to say that. Welcome to the show, guys. So glad that you are listening or watching today. And we are going to talk to you about how to deal with communication chaos. And I want to start by telling a story or, or talking about a situation that I think many of us can probably relate to. If you have flown recently, have you ever noticed that the boarding process of a flight can be a disaster? Like it is an absolute chaotic mess. It is like literally as soon as people walk into the airport, they have lost all sense of time, space, wisdom, discernment, attention span, spatial awareness, right? It all poof, out the window. I mean, as as many of you know, I'm a I'm a motivational speaker, and so I spend a ton of my professional time uh, traveling. Right, I I just I travel a lot, and so I am often in airports all around the country. And oh my goodness, yeah, it, it's just a disaster, right? Have you ever noticed this? So you know, like it's interesting because whenever you board a plane. The flight attendants do their best to give very clear instructions, right? They'll say things like, your suitcase goes on top in the bins, but if you, if you have a backpack or a small personal item, put those under the seat. Before you board, they've got those things that you put your bag in to make sure that it fits. Um, right? For the most part, the flight crews are pretty clear about what is good and what isn't, what's going to work and what's not going to work. And they're clear. But what I've noticed is this. Everyone has their own interpretation of what kind of bag is going to fit in the bin, right? So when they say only small bags up in the bin or small bags underneath your seat or only this kind of bag up there, people have their own interpretation of what that is, right? And so... Um, they might put the wrong kind of bag in the wrong kind of place and it creates problems for everyone. People even have their own idea of what boarding group they should board in. Remember once I was boarding a flight and I'm, I was in group one and this person goes up and they were doing like the pre-boards and this person goes up and I heard the flight attendant say, sir, you're in group five. We're doing the pre-boards right now, okay? You so so you can't board. And that person was really upset at the you know the ground crew 
uh, or the gate, the, the gate crew for telling that person they couldn't even board like group one, which I was in, hadn't even boarded yet. Right. And this person was in group five, completely oblivious to the flashing TV, telling you what boarding group was on and oblivious to the 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 announcements made at the gate. It's it's a chaotic mess at the airport. It's a chaotic mess when you board. And it's a chaotic mess when we communicate. Right. We all have a way that we communicate and we all think that our way is the right way. So the people who are trying to jam their bag into the bin think that they should be able to do that. The person who is in group five, but tries to group in, you know, five other groups before his actual group just thinks, well, I should be able to do that, right? The person who brings the extremely large piece of luggage that there's no way in God's green earth that's going to fit on the plane thinks that they should be able to bring that, right? We, every single person has their way. They have their way of doing things, of perceiving things, of, of interpreting things, right? It's true on the plane. It's true for how we communicate as well. And we all think that our way is the right way. So here's what causes chaos. When your way runs smack dab into someone else's way, that creates issues, right? So when your way of doing things runs smack dab into your wife's way of doing something, or when how you want to run the meeting is different than how your boss wants to run the meeting, or when how you want to uh, make breakfast runs counter to what your kids want for breakfast creates issues. It creates chaos, it creates confusion, and it creates problems, right? And that's what causes so many issues in our relationships. And here's the issue. When relational chaos appears, most people dig in their heels, and they keep doing what they've always done. And then when they don't, when what they do doesn't work, what do they do? They keep digging in their heels, and they keep doing what they've always done. And when that doesn't work, they then get mad at the other person for not responding the way that they want them to. Have you noticed this? So when the chaos storms gets worse, we tend to keep doing the things that we did that caused the chaos storm. And when it doesn't get better, we get mad at the other people for creating to the chaos storm, not realizing that we as well are contributing to that chaos storm. So it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So when boarding an airplane, this can look like someone trying to defy the laws of physics by trying to cram their bag, their way, way, way oversized bag into the overhead bins and insisting that this time the bag will magically shrink and go in totally oblivious to the line forming behind them that is stacking up, totally oblivious to the flight attendants who are making a bunch of announcements specifically aimed at them, totally clueless that every passenger is looking at them wondering what the bleep is wrong with you. In our relationships at home and at work, it can look like us continuing to do the things we always do, even when it creates the results that we don't want. I remember once I was doing a training with a team and one of the leaders of that training came up to me on a break and said, Ramel, you need to talk to the CEO of the company and change the way that they evaluate us. 
And now I'm always intrigued when someone approaches me in a training and tells me that I need to tell the CEO of the company what they need to do. So I listened in. And what I'd found out that happened is one of the evaluation criteria for this manager was one that this manager did not excel in. And because this manager did not do well in that particular evaluation criteria, who this manager, which this manager thought was invalid and not important, this manager's solution to the problem was to try to change the CEO of the company. And when that didn't work, that manager then tried to approach me in the middle of a training so that I could use whatever influence I had to change the mind of the CEO of the company. Didn't work. And I remember suggesting to this manager, have you thought about doing the thing your leadership wants you to do so that you stop getting yelled at for not doing that thing? And that person just dug in her heels and said, no, this is ridiculous. This should not be part of our criteria. You need to get them to change it. Wah, wah, right? And the, the fact is, I tell that story a lot, whether I'm doing a communication program or a leadership program or sometimes a sales program. But the truth is, we can all that we can all act that way in our way. That again, when that chaos hits, our solution is often to try to change the other person, to insist that the other person changes and not to see the role that we might be playing in creating those chaos storms. Now, the bad news, the bad news is this, is cutting through the chaos and simplifying your communication so that your communication connects will not happen automatically. It's not. You've got to be intentional about it. But the good news is, if you are intentional about it, there are some very simple yet often overlooked things that you can do that can help cut through the communication chaos and make what you're trying to say as clear as day so that the people around you know and understand what you're trying to communicate so that you can have communication that connects. And we're going to share with you those ideas right after the coffee break. Sorry, my friends, it is coffee break time. Yes, friends, it is coffee break time. And as I've talked about, I love coffee. And so as a part of almost every episode, you and I are going to take a coffee break together. It, Maybe a coffee I've never tried before or, and try, or trying for the first time, or just an old favorite that I'm sharing with you. Now, before we dive into the coffee, just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by my Respark Your Relationship Guide. If your marriage could use a little bit or a lot of a Respark, download your guide now. I share with you five things you can do to take your marriage from challenging to the relationship you've always wanted. Uh, it's got five great ideas that you can implement immediately. It's got a very powerful workbook with some great thought-provoking questions on the back of it. It's a really great guide. I've gotten a lot of great feedback on it. So this coffee break brought to you by my free Respark Your Relationship Guide. If you would like to grab the guide and download it, just check the show notes and you'll be able to down get the link and download it there. Okay. So the coffee for this episode is called the El Salvador from Nespresso. Look at that. 
Look at that. So I've never tried this before. This is a completely brand new coffee for me. I did put a little bit of stevia to sweeten it, but I didn't put cream in there so I could really taste more of the coffee. Now, let me read to you, by the way, this is not sponsored by Nespresso. Nespresso did not give me any kind of promotional consideration whatsoever for this. But if someone from Nespresso is watching or listening to this, I am totally open for a collab. You know what I'm talking about? Give me a call. But no, this isn't sponsored. It's just a coffee that, I, that uh, it's a brand that I like, but this is a coffee I've never tried. So this is the El Salvador from Nespresso. And I'm just going to read straight from the website. It says this, this mild coffee displays sweet biscuit, fruity jam, and cereal notes with a mild low bitterness. So uh, if these things are important to you, on a scale of one to five, the bitterness is a one, the acidity is a four, the roast is a two, so it's kind of a medium to light medium roast, and the body is a two. Here we go, people. Brand new coffee, trying something new, which is big for me. Let's, let's, let's try this out. Yeah, that is good. It is, it is like, um, it's a little bit more robust. If you've had like the blonde roast from Starbucks, it's, it's similar to that in, in this. It definitely is not bitter. Uh, it definitely is sweeter, but it's got a little bit more body to it than like the Starbucks blonde veranda roast. Uh, so on a scale of like one to 10, I would give, let me try this. Hold on for a second. I would give that like a, a seven or eight for me. If that's a good coffee, I would definitely keep drinking that and, and buy that again. With Nespresso, I tend to like the darker roast, like the Intenso or the Stormios. Uh, I don't always get the the ones that are slightly lighter, but as you can see the color there, it's it's a, it's a, it's a medium roast, but that was good. That was good. So again, I would give that a solid eight for me. El Salvador from Nespresso. Yeah, that's good. That is good. I'm going to keep enjoying that for the rest of this episode. If you don't drink coffee, don't sweat it. Let me know in the comments. If you're watching this on the YouTube, what kind of coffee are you drinking? Just let me know what you are drinking. And speaking of YouTube and for everything else, if what I've been sharing with you in these, in these episodes have resonated with you, could you do me a solid and like, subscribe, comment, download, all the good stuff, you know the drill, but uh, definitely appreciate your support of the show. I'm going to take one more sip here before we get going. All right, y'all. So now that I have my coffee, I am ready to share with you some practical strategies and how you can cut through the clutter of communication chaos. So number one is I want you to get curious. Okay, I want you to get curious. So let's go back to that airplane analogy. Let's say a passenger is holding the whole flight up. Choosing to get curious might look like him asking himself, huh, why is everyone looking at me? Why is everyone frowning at me? And why is a person behind me making passive aggressive comments, okay? Wait, why did that grandma there just wave at me with one finger? Like, what's going on here, okay? So choosing to get curious is something as just being aware of what's going on and going, wait, what's happening? 
right? So that passage, you're going, wait a minute, is this me? Is it the fact that I'm not knowing what to do with the bags that's causing the problem? Is it the fact that I've been standing here for the last 10 minutes trying to jam my way oversized bag in the bin? Is that why? Everyone's mad at me. Is that what's going on? Right? Do you see what I mean? You want to get curious. So when you were talking to someone, something is off, get curious. Okay. So you're, you're talking to your husband and he takes what you said the wrong way. Just get curious. Okay. Every time that you say that to your best friend and she gets ticked off, get curious as to why that might be. Right? Maybe you walk down the hall and you're going, wait a minute, my boss always walks in the opposite direction. Whenever I walk down the hall, you want to get curious as to why that's happening. And what's tough is getting curious requires you to be aware. It requires you to get painfully real. And sometimes let's just be real guys. That sucks. We don't always like the question. We don't always like the answers when we ask ourselves the questions. And so we often avoid asking the question, right? You know this. How many times have you been around someone who had zero clue of their impact on other people? No modicum of self-awareness whatsoever. Some of you are going, yeah, right now, right? Right. Maybe this morning when you're on your way to work and the person who cut you off in the freeway or in the meeting at work, when that, that you know, your coworker just kept talking and talking and talking and everyone was tuning out or, or maybe when you, you know, approached your spouse about something and it didn't go well, right? Get curious. When you notice that the chaos storm is rising, when that conversation isn't going well, when what you tried to say doesn't seem to be what was communicated, get curious. Curious. Ask yourself, what's going on? Huh? Why is that happening? What's going on? And maybe even going, wait a minute, is it me? What am I contributing to this? So powerfully important to be able to do that. So number one, you want to get curious. Number two, you want to acknowledge. This is tough. You see, once you get curious, it's important to acknowledge your role, both in creating confusion and chaos, and also your role in being able to reduce the chaos and improve the quality of connection and communication, right? So it's important to acknowledge what is yours? What's your responsibility? What can you own about the chaos that's happening? And then what can you own about what to do to reduce the chaos, to move the storms away, to create clear skies and sunshine in your communication and in your relationship. So let me give you an example. At the end of a long day, Joe prefers to decompress before fully engaging with his family, right? So he comes home, he puts his keys down and puts the briefcase down and he just goes into the man cave and he just needs some time alone first before he's willing or able or happy, you know, whatever, to engage with his family. His wife, on the other hand, Jill, on the other hand, she wants to immediately connect with her husband and with the kids and pet the dog and do all that stuff and have conversations as soon as they both come into the door from their day, right? So Joe wants to lock up in a cave for a few minutes. Jill wants to connect, right? Both think that they're right. So here's what happens. 
Joe gets irritated and it shows on his face. Jill sees the look on his face and feels hurt because all she wants to do is just connect with Joe. What's wrong with that? He sees a look on her face, so he feels guilty. So he half-heartedly says, uh, do you want to talk? <laughs> or something like that. Right. But now she's hurt and upset and 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 even more upset at his reaction and his half-hearted attempt to try to engage her. So she feels hurt and no longer wants to talk to him. And so she walks away and Joe says, oh, my gosh, she always does this. You see what happens when I try it? And he walks away. She walks away. Both of them not understanding the roles that they play in the situation, right? So that's why it's so important to acknowledge, even if you are 1 billion percent convinced that the problem is the other person, even if Jill really thinks the problem is Joe or Joe really thinks the problem is Jill, if you want to reduce the communication chaos, it's going to be important for one of them to acknowledge their role and to, to take positive steps forward, right? So key number two is you want to acknowledge your role, both in creating communication confusion, even if you don't think that you're at fault, even if you don't think that it's right, that your role is creating chaos, even if you think the other person is just being a moron because they're not getting you, it's okay. I just want you to acknowledge what your role is and also your role in that you can actually make things better, more clear, more effective, and more healthy by just choosing to do so. And the next step that you need to know is number three, you want to take the right kind of action. And this is where understanding yourself and understanding the other person is so helpful. Because when you realize that what you're doing um, is causing chaos, or when you realize that, you know, what's the specific thing that you're doing that's causing that communication chaos, that's causing that misunderstanding? that's causing that miscommunication, that's causing that other person to just be ticked off at you or to shut down or to fight back. Like, what's going on? When you realize that you are contributing to it or when you figure out what that piece is, maybe it's 5%. Maybe it's 90%, okay? But you just take ownership for your piece. When you realize that what that you could be and are very possibly contribute, contributing to that communication chaos, you're able to make a decision to stop doing that thing, right? That's the powerful thing is when you realize you're contributing to it, that means you can stop contributing to it. And that means you can actually take the right kind of action to move the process forward. And when you realize what the other person is doing that causes chaos, you can adjust your actions accordingly. I made this whole idea of taking the right kind of action. One of the core strategies of my motivational speaking talks and also in the marriages that connect program that I created with my wife, because we see this issue come up in so many relationships and especially in marriages, like marriage is probably the one place this comes up a ton because you spend so much time with your spouse and your spouse knows you intimately and, 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 and you just in such close proximity with each other. Right. And so what ends up happening is in instead of taking the right kind of action, the big mistake people make, especially couples, right. Is that they dig in their heels and they go, Nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't care if I'm contributing to it. I'm sure it's not my fault. It's probably his fault. It's probably her fault. 
And the big idea that we want to share with you is just going, hey, do what works. If what you're doing is going to help you clear the communication chaos and create more connection, do that. And if what you're doing is creating chaos and confusion and storms and misunderstandings, don't do that. All right. So taking the right kind of action could look like in the scenario we talked about Joe deciding that he will more often when he comes home, engage with Jill and the kids. And taking the right kind of action for Jill might be her more often saying, letting her, allowing Joe some time to decompress before engaging in conversation. And for both of them, taking the right kind of action might mean having some tough, but really good, healthy conversations around that idea. The big question here for you is this, is asking yourself, what can I do to reduce the chaos? What can I do? What am I doing right now that might be contributing to the chaos? And what can I do to reduce this communication, to reduce this connect, the communication chaos, to reduce the connection chaos? And then, you know what? I'm going to commit myself to not do the things that cause the chaos and I'm going to commit myself to doing the things that create more clarity and less chaos, right? But I'm going to make an intentional decision to do that. Here is why. Chaos is like a strong vacuum. Chaos has a gravitational pull, and it wants to pull you and everyone that you are talking to into that chaos storm. The good news is, if you choose not to participate in the chaos storm just by you alone, by you unleashing what I like to call the power of one, you can actually bring clear skies and sunshine in more and more of the relationships in your life. If you choose not to get sucked in and you choose instead to turn off the vacuum cleaner, let the dust settle, and you know what? Move outside where the air is good, where the air is good. So what are those three strategies again? Number one is to get curious. When you see the chaos storm rising, ask yourself what's going on. And maybe even more importantly, what could I be doing to be contributing to the chaos storm? Number two, you want to acknowledge your role, both in causing the chaos storm and also your role in making it blue skies and sunshine. And number three, you want to commit to taking the right kind of action that moves the conversation forward, that moves the relationship forward, that moves you from chaos to clarity, that moves you from frustration and strife to peace and serenity and true connection. Friends, when you do this, you're going to cut through the chaos clutter and have better communication in all of your relationships. So I'm curious. What did you find most valuable from the episode? What did you find most valuable from the episode? If you're watching this on YouTube, comment in the comments below or shoot me a DM. I would love to hear what you found valuable from our time together. Thanks for tuning in on this week's episode. And until next time, I'd love to say a blessing over you. And as I always say, if you share my faith, amen and amen. And if you don't share my faith, I hope you receive this as a blessing over you today. My friends, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. This is the Ramel Anakin Show, and I'll see you next time. Bye.